It's time to rat-a-tat-tat the Gargoyle Gang in the spy-filled color TV world of unicorn and giant robos. Join us for a film that stays firmly planted on Earth despite its title. This is Kaiju vs. History, Voyage into Space. Welcome back to Kaiju versus History. This is your evil alien overlord made of atomic energy, Patrick. And joining me is a plucky child in a motorcycle helmet, Miles. How are you, Miles? I am. I'm doing pretty well. This is a. This is an odd one to do. And yes. as we mentioned last week, compilation films are weird by nature. I mostly associate them with anime and. Mm. Uh, just because, yeah. you know, especially being like a Gundam fan and 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 that was my first honest, I think, exposure to Gundam outside of watching Wing back in the day was the Gundam trilogy. Right. And right, right. so it's it's interesting to see this done live action with a like with a live action. Did, did, did they mm-hmm. do this with Ultraman? The, the original Ultraman? The original, I believe they did put out a, a film version between. Uh, the first and second seasons of, of Ultraman and would continue to do that, which is one of the reasons we're not doing all of those. We've already talked about the first season and well, you know, that and you could do an entire podcast on the ultra franchise. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot to to bite off on Ultraman. This one, you know, was not even on this podcast radar. Johnny Sacco and his flying robots, which aired from 1968 to 1969. Didn't have this on our radar because there wasn't, I think, a good uh, version of this out. I, I think because it had slipped into public domain, you can find it just about anywhere. But they came out. With I a think Blu-ray. I think I got it on um, Paramount Plus. Yeah. So they, they have it on a, a Blu-ray that came out last year. And I think it was after we started the podcast or maybe right around that time. You can find this now a lot of places under Voyage into Space. Well, if they were supposed to clean up the film, they did not do that. <laughs> well, I mean, probably it, it looks better than maybe what it did while it was going around in various uh, bootleg circles. Bootleg circles, yeah, for for about twenty years. Yeah, I, I, you can watch this on Amazon, probably Tubi, and other places like that. And it is indeed five episodes from the TV show kind of cut together into one movie. And in that you have the first episode, obviously a lot of the first episode and a lot of the last episode of the series, which I think was 26 episodes long. Yeah. And I think this might be the first time we don't have a what's in the title because this was just an, uh, this was, this compilation movie was made for America. I don't think it was released anywhere else, was it? No, no, no. Well, so the, the series title, Johnny Sacco and his flying robot is the American version of the title. In Japan it is, uh, Gianto Robo, Giant Robo. Giant Robo, yeah. And is based on a manga series by Mitsuteru Yakayama which was only published the year prior, 1967, and was capitalizing on the huge success of things like Gigantor and Astro Boy and other mech-style manga and and anime. And 
I, I think I, I am happy that we, we are doing this movie for the podcast, though it is there are so many elements of things outside of Kaiju as well in this TV show and in this movie that I wanted to talk about. Like there's so much more Power Rangers in this than I thought there was going to be. There's definitely an element of what would be informative for Super Sentai. I mean, you mm-hmm. definitely, definitely get some some this this show itself seemed informed from the Ultra series. Oh, it, um, it's a lot of a lot of Ultraman. <laughs> yeah, but there's also unicorn. there's also I mean a huge influence on on the way that a lot of anime would be structured. I mean this this show does have that kind of like monster of the week style, and it, honestly, because it does, it really hurts the movie because. It just seems like I mean it, it's it just feels like four episodes cut like like you're binge watching a show. It feels less like a film and more like I just binge watched like the highlight reel of this this show. I will say the reason why these compilation movies were popular is because they cut out all the chuffa, all the chaff, and you're left with just action scene after action scene, and you have not terrible budgets on some of those fights. In the the TV show, uh, just about apparently every single one of the episodes of the TV show had like a gunfight as well. So there were some, you know, spy or action movie style scenes. I was a- definitely pretty, pretty <sighs> shocked isn't the right term. Oh, no, I, I was, was I was shocked. I was- I was surprised by the amount of actual violence in this movie, <laughs> especially when someone tries to sniper a child. No, they shoot him. They do shoot him and then go back to finish the job and try to shoot him in his <laughs> hospital bed. I'm like, they're not going to kill this kid, right? Right. And a- apparently the-, the parents were concerned at the time for the, the American Standard for Children's Programming. But the argument was there was no more violent than other tokusatsu series airing at the time. I disagree. It's very violent. Yeah, they, they when they brought <laughs> this over, they had to, <laughs> and, and, had to and, edit it a lot. And I'm, to be clear, it's not that it's it's like some sort of super crazy gratuitous violence. But I'm just not used to like people trying to shoot a child, and the child also has their own like nine millimeter weapon. Yep. Kaneko in the, the Japanese version, Johnny Sako. In, Which, in, in I mean, US. I'm sorry. It's a great that, name. I don't know where in the Johnny Quest they got that name from, but it's pretty, pretty it's, legendary. Like Johnny Sako just sounds like something that some sugar, like cereal ingesting child, <laughs> if in the 80s, made up, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. It's like Johnny Sako. Yes. And. I forget the name of the the group in the the Japanese series, but here in Voyage into Space, their group is Unicorn, which is a lot of fun, and they fight the Gargoyle Gang, which is called yeah, Big Fire for, in the it, Japanese my version. First, my first question that I wrote down was, did he say Emperor Guillotine from the planet Gargoyle? Yes, I heard that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So lots of <laughs> big over-the-top action sequences. The The... The evil emperor is is one thing. He looks he looks crazy, but the <laughs> the underlings are absolutely insane in this show. Oh, oh, oh they absolutely are. And also, Johnny and what's his Ito? name? Ito. Uh, is, they is, get knocked unconscious a lot. Oh, you got to put them in in danger. So there's a bit of tension. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, enough to where like they might need to see a specialist because they get knocked out quite <laughs> frequently. Also. And I, I mean, I know we were, we're, we're not going 
crazy into the history because it's, you know, but I want to know where this child's parents are. Yeah. What is what is happening like with that? This kid, this kid is one meets, you know, on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. He's by himself and no one seems worried when this cruise ship is getting attacked by a giant monster. Like they make one line about, you know, oh, we'll just make sure you know, his parents stay notified of you know what he's doing. But he's doing important work. And I'm like, yeah. where were these parents to begin with? Why were they not looking for their child when the ship sank? It's it's another classic trope of many a Japanese anime that will come after. But the boy is the only one that can interact and or pilot the giant mecha. Something we'll see in. Or, oh, you know, yeah. A, a hundred. Just about every other like, major. But this isn't even like a Pokemon like situation where like like ash is like going out on his own like we don't know where these parents are they are never <laughs> mentioned at least in this compilation movie i assume they're never mentioned in the show um I mean, yeah i'm trying to remember that first episode or the beginning of the movie and i don't really <laughs> recall any any parental <laughs> figures no they, they like the chief mentions it in one line in passing and that's mm. it and then like the way everyone else interacts with this kid is pretty great, honestly. Like, I love that they never treat the kid like a kid. But, like, as soon as he's made an honorary or a member of Unicorn, because he, no one thought to take the, you know, the wristwatch off the child. Yeah, what, well, it's not that it's the, the robot after the explosion could only be controlled by the, the, the last, like, voice. Yeah, yeah, which they don't really explain. It seems um, like you could probably reprogram it so this right. child you, you, is you, not you, getting you, shot at. Yeah you, yeah, you could do it so you don't have to give a 9mm weapon to a 9-year-old. Yeah, what, what is But it? at the same time, because of that level of kind of like, what is going on? There is... There is some enjoyment to be had here. This movie does suffer greatly from being a compilation film because it doesn't feel like a film. But there are some really fun aspects to Voyage in the Space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very colorful. It's very garish. I I, I think the the world that it sets up is definitely a four color, you know, paneled comic book (laughs) brought to life on the big screen. Oh, it has very much a Saturday morning like. Like the like, you know how they would do like the like the things that are a little bit more serious towards the end of the block, like the, like eleven mm-hmm. o'clock is when you see X Men, and or during the days like the last the last cartoon they would air on Fox was Batman the Animated Series because it was the more serious one mm-hmm. before they would start their live action programming for the year. This has that vibe because this yeah the, I mean while this show is a goofy giant robot show, it's also a pretty like I mean thematically violent show that's got an edge to it again you see a nine-year-old get shot in the back by an assassin <laughs> like the like i had to rewind that scene to make sure i saw what i saw because <laughs> yeah. i i was very very shocked and then like the kid well, didn't tell anyone the, that he like was faking his death and there were also the prior episodes to that many instances where other agents of gargle again could have killed the child and just chose not to mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they're trying like, to he extract hides information out in the car's engine which i was like i was like how are you not burning up <laughs> like literally th- 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 this this is wild and and i know we're, we're focusing on things that make it sound way more fun than this movie actually is because wow. it suffers from being a compilation film and it gets <laughs> exhausting <laughs> it yeah, all of the others there's no breaks on this film it goes full speed unfortunately not a lot from the cast after this this movie uh 
you know, Johnny Sako, uh, Daisuke Kasume died young in a car accident. The, the actor played Akio Ito didn't really act at all after the show. This is like one of his only acting credits and the, the, probably the, the most famous of the, the bunch, Toshiyuki, uh, Tushiyama, who played giant robo was in a lot of other Toei films. He was kind of like one of their stock actors. <laughs> but they leave it open at the end of this movie and at the end of the, the first series. It's like, oh, maybe if we need Giant Robo, he'll come back someday. In live action, he's not going to come back ever again. Unfortunately, they did not get a a second season, even though I, I do feel I feel like this movie should have been a hit, you know, should have mm-hmm. had some some Ultraman action comparable, but just didn't just didn't happen. I, I I'm not a huge fan of the giant robo design itself there's like it it almost looks like a a golem but it has egyptian kind of stylization to it it doesn't make a lot of sense for like i don't think the the doctor we meet at the beginning of the film was egyptian or like why why did you make the robot look like that you know yeah i i mean yeah there's some wild design i i I honestly the, the the robot it's it's hard to criticize too harshly because this was a children's television show from several years before. Because I think I think this was released in 1970 in the states. So it and the show itself came mm-hmm. out you know many years before that. So I can't really give too much flack to the way this the giant Robo looks because they're not working with Godzilla size budgets um, for, for TV. With right. 19, yeah, yeah, they're working with late good. '60s TV budgets, which are like like Batman shows kind of budget, except less. So it's 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 tough to be too critical. It doesn't look great yeah. uh, as a result. I mean, just objectively, it just it looks like a cheap like theater prop. Some, um, some it's so interesting though. Some of the monsters we even just see in this movie are really interesting. Like he yeah. fights a like a. A walking monster mine, <laughs> like a giant underwater mine. Yeah. At, w- at one point, and I think if you look at the box set, there's a giant eye and things like that. Then, then yeah, some, there, there's some cool looking monsters for sure. Some just look like Godzilla knockoffs, you know, just like horned bipedal giant. Oh, the Draculon. <laughs> yeah, Draculon or Doragon and uh, D- giant robot. I did want to point out though, and I tried to verify this. I couldn't find the exact time this came into public consciousness or giant mecha consciousness but lots of weapons on the the robot eye beams back missile but this is maybe one of the first times we get to see a giant robot with finger missiles the the fingers pop off in a missile attack and that is something that i really had only known as being on our good friend mecha godzilla but this is four Five years before we're going to see Mechagodzilla. So this is an interesting, maybe first live action example of of that kind of of weapon being used. Yeah, I know you have you you have been on the search for <laughs> for, for that one. Yeah, I'm just not that big of a fan of, you know, early Mecha anime. So I, I, I tried looking for other examples of it and I didn't really see any others, but. Finger missiles on giant robo. <laughs> maybe, maybe the first example. We'll, we'll talk about that again when we get to Mecha Godzilla. It's like, oh, look, it's just like giant robo. <laughs> and, and, the, and this, this film does, you know, 
again, it's it's got some fun moments. Like I I I don't give it a super high score. Uh, gonna be honest because (laughs) of its status as a film because it's it's not it it, even as a compilation film like having seen really good compilation films that can work as a singular narrative this this has an exhausting pace because it's just like where you could tell oh this is the beginning of an episode it's just like the next scene and it's oh yeah they there's no transition normally when it's compilations it's like typically the show will have episodes that are already kind of thematically tied and or lead into one another so it's like okay well that's not crazy to combine you know i'm, I'm thinking you know maybe they did that with power rangers and some of those like longer arcs and, and put them out on one well DVD yeah or... I mean, it's it's so funny i was thinking about that because the one thing i can remember from power rangers which did had a very you know reset episode structure was the five part green with evil that makes story. a great great compilation movie you could easily do that as a compilation movie. I'm also reminded of the great, not the boy when Johnny gets shot. Um, <laughs> There's so many amazingly terrible lines in this. No, film uh, honestly, the- Johnny, Johnny getting shot is like my favorite scene in the movie. Cause it's, it's just like, like you have to, to like check yourself as to what's happening because you're like, there's no way they just, they just tried to assassinate this child. And yes, they did. And then they doubled down when the assassin's like trying to kill this kid in the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I. It's weird giving this a, as low a score as I'm going to give it because there are some really enjoyable aspects to it, and I would recommend people seeing it. But what's a what's another favorite part that you had before we we start getting the the full rating? So last week we watched Young Geary. And Mm -hmm. that had an MST3K episode. This movie is like the most primed film for riffing. I feel like I've seen in a long time. They, they had done in the prior seasons some Japanese compilation movie, uh, (laughs) riffs before it, it, it it is a crime that this one has not been picked. I really hope they, they choose it in the future because there's so many moments and my wife wasn't even watching the film. She was just in the room where we were busting a gut at, <laughs> at some of the line readings, including every time a character shouts at one of the doctor characters in the movie, they're like, doctor. And then another character was like, doctor, <laughs> some, some very fun stuff like that. I think <laughs> the, uh, I mean, it, like, like I said, anything with, Ito and Johnny Sacco f- fighting off the gargoyle gang and just busting out guns and shooting them down is it's is it's worth watching at least once for that. But unlike last week's movie, I can probably watch this one again. As bad as it is, it's, yes. it's good bad in that way. So I even I I upped my my rating, my enjoyment rating before we started, because I had such a, a good time with this compared to right. some of the movies in the last few weeks. I did want to say before we started our ratings, this does have a bit of a legacy. No, no other live action adaptations, but multiple animated mm-hmm. kind of sequels. Giant Robo, The Day the Earth Stood Still was an, an OVA that came out over several years in the 1990s. And there was a 2007 animated series, the GR Giant Robo, which started for the 40th anniversary of the TV series. So 2007. Don't think we're going to dive into those, unfortunately. But if you are looking for 
really far out there <laughs> live action tokusatsu and, and anime series. This is this is about as esoteric, I think, as you can really get. <laughs> you're you're going to be the only one at the party talking about this if you start bringing up Johnny Sacco and his flying robo miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, this movie so bad it's good territory for me. I I think if you have some beers and invite some people over to watch this is perfect riffing material. Okay, kaiju battles, a lot of egregious violence and outrageous voice acting. So for me, this is a 7 out of 10 on the enjo- personal enjoyment scale, <laughs> even even though it has many a technical flaw we'll get into. Uh, what, what, what do you what do you think about it, Miles? Yeah, I'm, I'm bumping mine from a 6 to a 7 as, oh, as well. We're there. Um, just because, I mean, the, like, talk about it, like, there is a lot of fun to be had. This 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 movie is exhausting because it, it basically feels like you're binge watching a show and not watching a cohesive film. But there are I, I agree with you. If you're if you're at a party style setting, having some drinks with some friends and watching this movie in kind of an MST3K style, there is a lot of fun to be had because, I mean, there are some generally enjoying like, things to enjoy. Enjoy. There's <laughs> certain general enjoyment to be had with this production, especially just in some of the wild choices they make. And I would love being a room full of yeah. people. And with with beers in hand, this the time Johnny gets shot because I imagine that everyone's gonna be howling. He had <laughs> he had a special metal jacket, obviously, which is why his parents allowed him to be a super spy at age ten. Yeah, it's it it's so funny, and I'm 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 glad we watched this. I mean, mm-hmm. one because I mean, you know, as an anime fan, there's a lot of DNA, uh, you know, obviously from the sh- the anime shows that have come out, but like, there's a lot of stuff that has been mined since then. And yeah, I mean, this this movie's kind of fun to talk about. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. a goofy. Like, we haven't even you know had the chance to do much else with this one because th- this show is so nutty, and it almost makes me want to watch the actual show because it's just wild and it's in i want to see if there are other insane moments like johnny getting shot in the back um i mean we basically only saw five out of 26 episodes and you can imagine all the shenanigans they got into in the other 21 (laughs) episodes did you have a rating for your technical aspect to get into so this one is where it's going to suffer because I got to be fair. You know, it's it's been released as a film and we've got to kind of rate it as a film. And I'm not going to lie. The technical aspects for this are not great because it is four, four or five episodes of a show chopped up not very well into a compilation film. Mm-hmm. And it's late 60s. TV great effects. I mm. mean, Varen was one thing because there was a will they won't they with the production of that film. And so I understand the the state of that one. This one, it was a TV show that was just given a film release. So I'm I'm giving it a giving it a six. And I'm being mm. lenient because of how much fun I had in certain moments, but I do think because of this aspect if this film had been edited better it might have came off better but i mean it's 
it's four episodes of a show stuck together. I mean, yeah. I, I just call it like I see it, you know, it's, so there's yeah, not a whole th- lot to th- it. There's no getting around that. The pacing of those five stitched episodes is off. I, I will say I'm upping my score as well, because even though these effects were made for the small screen, I don't think they're bad. I think they probably outpaced, you know, something like a young Gary or Gappa, even in, in some elements. I, I, I mean, I, they're probably kind of on on par with an Ultraman, which is actually pretty good. So I'm giving a six out of ten as well. Got some very bad voice acting, but things like the the world building, the directing of these weren't ever that bad. I guess no, they weren't. For for where this stands and and resonates as a kaiju export, though, that's where I'm dipping down the lowest personally because I think even in the giant mecha world this isn't our the, the first thing you would go to when you're trying to look up you know examples and definitely not in kaiju the, the monsters are kaiju here but they're all kind of backseat they're they're never at least in these episodes that we saw the focus you know obviously mm-hmm. the focus is on giant robo taking them out coming in the last five minutes of the episode probably like ultraman but yeah this like i said i could see some roots into super sentai but not a lot in kaiju. I don't. I don't think a, a lot of other yeah. shows would steal from this. This show stole from from others. So very hyper violent, very cheesy action. Art as a work of art, but not great art. So I, I dropped my score for this one down to a, a four out of ten for for its evocative nature. Which I need to go back and on our scale, that means it's it's soulless. It's fairly soulless endeavor. And probably a reason why this didn't get another season. Yeah, and it's hard to rate this one for me because I initially gave it a seven because I was judging it off of Giant Robo, not Voyage into Space. Mm, right. So I feel like I need to reevaluate that and give it. And it's it's tough because I don't want to. I mean, this is going to sink its its actual score because it's an, an it's an enjoyable watch because of how wild the show is. Mm-hmm. But as as a evocative piece of art, I mean, again, it's a it's it's a stitch job and not a very good one at that. So, when did you what did you give it? I gave it a four, and that's pretty yeah. harsh. Yeah, honestly, I agree with you. Okay. It, it, I'm giving it a four as well. I mean, I'm, multiple multiple weeks where we're just like completely lined up. It's crazy. So that means both of us are we're a high five, closer to a six. Brings our final score to a six, six which I'm, I'm happy with. I'm I'm happy with it be having a six because it's it's despite its low score, a very fun experience. Yeah, even though it overstays its welcome, even though it's cheap looking, even though the video quality is even on an HD streaming service garbage. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a '60s TV show, so <laughs> they- right. But like, there's been no no cleaning up whatsoever. I know I'm not doing any favors to this by just going off on this laundry list of things because I feel like we've been talking kind of positively because of the wild swings that, that the show takes. And mm. and I think we should. But as yeah. a film, this does fail in a lot of areas. And it is important to note that that doesn't mean it's any less fun to watch in parts, especially with people. But. I would say as an evocative piece of work, this this is a failure on several fronts. There's only two other films, uh, two two or three other films, I think, in the entire podcast history where we both gave the 
the movie a six out of 10. And that made the final score six out of 10. One of those was just a few weeks ago, or I guess a month ago at this point, the X from outer space. Mm-hmm. And another one was our previous season. And we just talked about it there in the unbelievable. And I think that those, those are kind That's, of in line. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. It, it, I think it's in the correct company. Mm-hmm. I think I would probably go back to, to this. Maybe more than, than Varen. <laughs> oh, I mean, Varen has some are... fun moments, but yeah, I mean, of what we've been watching recently, I, I mean, I would, if this came on and I, I would not mind it having it on the background or but, if I was with people and be like, y'all, we got, we got, we got to watch something. Miles, um, they, they don't voyage into space. They don't go into space at all. Giant Robo flies off into space at the end. Yeah, why, is it co- why is it called Voyage into Space? Also, I, I do enjoy that Iron Giant ending. I thought that was uh, <laughs> yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, another another connection to this. We, we didn't talk about the, the pop culture history behind Johnny Sacco, but there's there's an indie band. There's a... a, a Vandal song, a punk band called Johnny Sacco, guitarist Buckethead, the the crazy guitarist Buckethead, both has songs and an entire album named after the series, and it's just one of those things like the Mysterians that I guess just bled into U.S. popular culture because of that TV show getting released over here. It's why I struggled because again, like if we were judging the show, I I would have given this probably an eight to ten out of 10 on the evocative nature and, and legacy because the well, show the, had one. The legacy is one thing, but it, it did. It, it didn't make us huge. I mean, it's, it's hard to beat something like an Ultraman, which is one of the reasons we're looking at this. And we're probably not going to look at a lot of the other crazy tokusatsu stuff that will come out in the seventies. But yeah, this one had a much smaller window to impact culture and did have a little bit of a, of a ripple, but not not so much as as a kaiju, you know, movie <laughs> voyage into space. Not not great. Not bad. Pretty good. Actually, five score six out of ten. Pretty good. If you want to review rate this yourself, I would recommend Letterboxd. You can find our Letterboxd count at Kaiju versus History or go on and talk to us on Twitter at Kaiju versus History on on Twitter. What are we? What what are we doing next week? Oh, well, I just want to thank you, Miles, again for for going through this one. This was a late addition to our our sixties season. <laughs> I don't think we had this on there for for a while, and like I said, it just came out on a lot of streaming services. So I was like, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. But yeah, thank you for watching this. Thanks, to listeners. Uh, we'll catch you next time when we <laughs> when we head back. After six other different crazy kaiju to the big G himself and another huge Toho film. That is right. Tune in next time as we look at history versus son of Godzilla. <laughs>